people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning in each and every time to all of my content as you know we're back again with another podcast shout out to you whoever you are wherever you are however you're listening to my mediums and whatnot thank you very much as i like i said and as i always say i'm still adapting to this thing like I, obviously you know it can't even see but it's like subconsciously i look i'm looking up right now like there's a camera but i'm actually talking into a mic I know, I know, I should be used to this by now, being on, well, not a regular, but I've been on the talk sports and all these other things. Um, talk sport too, not quite the main one. If they're watching, bring a real guy through and all the other platforms. But let's crack on, people. I'm waffling now. Bit of everything to talk about. You know, you know me, you know me. I like to just see what everything is going on in football. So I've printed off some things in my lunch break and we might as well go with them. We might as well speak about the Premier League first because it's back after all. I mean, this is what we're waiting for. I mean, some teams come the weekend, we'll be going through agony and whatnot. But we love the team, man. We love our teams. We love the Premier League. We love the game. Can't live with it. Can't live without it. But we need it, man. Football is one of the biggest drugs going in the world, man. And whatever. But let's start off with Liverpool versus Newcastle. Now, Liverpool is still early on in the in the season, people. So, we can't get ahead of ourselves if City win one week, Liverpool win the next week. But until we see otherwise, you'd expect Liverpool and Manchester City to be in the shouts again for the, for the another Premier League title. Personally, I've got City down for it and I hope they've got it down for it. But you never know with Liverpool. Klopp's real close, people. Um, have they learnt their lessons from last season? Because I think, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, they ran them very close. They took them to the wire. But wasn't there a time that Liverpool were top and they dropped nine points? Well, they let, they let a nine-point... Um, gap get closed on them or something like that forgive me if i'm wrong they're the lessons you've got to learn from the previous season like i always say with arsenal liverpool players you've got to remember their mistakes but you've got to remember how it felt putting in all that hard work in the season and it didn't come to nothing because you won the champions league but specific to the prem you saw your rivals or people that you're you're competing with for the title if you don't want to call it that win it remember how it felt to see their families on the pitch in ecstasy and them holding the premier league trophy and the medals and stuff and you've got to use that to drive you because you can see it with liverpool you saw it last season they they wanted to win it and now this season they've got to kind of use that and the experiences and the positives and go again and one thing i like about liverpool is obviously it's a bit like the old school days for me i think now and again players get managers don't get me wrong i love the emrays the contes the the clops and everybody peps everybody that jumps around and carries on people but i feel footballers get away with a lot obviously you have to listen to your manager but a lot of things are self-explanatory and these lot are self-reflecting athletes that's why i don't feel footballers are as proactive that's why these managers they are great managers don't get me wrong but this is why when they're shouting at people to drop and stuff it looks like sort of einstein stuff it is Einstein stuff but at the same time people just need to be switched on but what I like about Liverpool is you don't have Klopp is not sitting there and telling them week in week out do you know what we can do if we win these games they're all motivated they're not gassed they're motivated man to a man so they've got to go against Newcastle and just get three points set the pace really they kick off at 12.30 they're at home Anfield's a difficult place to go to Newcastle beat Spurs well did they beat Spurs yeah they beat Spurs before they played us so they can kind of beat the top six if we apply that logic um and obviously what i mean by setting the pace is you've got manchester city against norwich now norwich have been playing good football but you until something happens you'd expect city to walk away with three points again anything can happen but let's be honest people if you was betting your house on it or, or your mortgage or whatever you'd say city win i know there's one man out there that's listening to this and saying no i would bet on norwich and you hear the sort of guy you know the man there that will bet a pound and win like two mil people because they do that fickle sort of stuff Shout out to you lot out there, but 
yeah, Liverpool got to go out there and do it. Is City Norwich? City Norwich, I think, in pay, on paper, you'd expect City to win people. But that, surely that's a good game for the neutrals because if it, if we just go based on Norwich versus Chelsea or to a degree Norwich versus Liverpool, yes, they were naive in many incidences. But if we if we was to look at a game like that, um, Norwich are entertaining for the neutrals. Obviously, Puky scoring goals. They've got how many other young players that are capped at England under twenty ones level? Ben God, 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 Godfrey, uh, um, Matt Lewis, uh, Max Aaron, sorry, Jamal Lewis, um, Cantwell. I can't lie, I didn't know about him until I see him playing in the Prem now for Norwich. Or I watched Norwich, but it's, you know when you don't really see players like that, it sounds so sad to say, but. He's a baller and he's capped at England under 21. So Norwich are, are playing decent football. Whether they stay up is another thing. And I don't need to tell you what City's on, people. Pep Guardiola, Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio Aguero, Raheem Garza, Man Sterling scoring a whole heap of goals. Bernardo Silva, for me, going to be a, a serious player. He is a serious player, but I'm scared to see what... Because he's nowhere near his peak, in my opinion. He's a scary player. And obviously, with David Silva leaving and whatnot... I do think he's one to take over that mantelpiece because he can play in a bunch of roles. Right now, it seems like the right wing thing, but it is what it is. They're obviously Premier League winners as well. On the flip side of things, same way Liverpool won the Champions League and we just spoke about lessons for learning in the Prem for them specifically, you've got to reverse that for City because at the end of the day, I can't lie, City are, are dominating the Prem and it doesn't look like when it's going to stop. But I mean, when you got them leaper players, you got to do better in the Champions League, in my humble opinion. Yes, the whole VAR and they technically scored and we could all remember the game against Spurs. But at the end of the day, that first leg against Spurs, they should have killed the game off. They should have killed the game off. So there's many lessons. And I love Pep Guardiola. I think he's one of the best, if not the best managers to have ever done this thing, regardless of what people say about this, this checkbook nonsense and all these other things. But... I can't lie, I rate him a lot and I kind of need to see it. I don't need to see it because I still hold you in high regards, but I need to see you win the Champions League with a team that's not Barcelona really and truly or, or something. Obviously, hopefully Arsenal's back in the Champions League next season, so this whole thing will be irrelevant. But for now, I won't mind anyone but Spurs. And Liverpool, if it's Liverpool versus Spurs final again, then we know we're all supporting Anfield. It's a red thing and whatnot, but... Hopefully, all English teams just failing that. The only team that does well in Europe is Arsenal. But um, So, yeah, man, that's City and Liverpool out the way. Spurs versus Palace. Now, Spurs are at home. It's a shame I'm going to be at work on Saturday, but Spurs at, um, versus Palace at home. I'm, I'm gonna try, I hope that's on Sky Sports so I can record it or if not, I have to catch the highlights. But that's for me, that's gonna go, that's a good game, you know. Spurs have to bounce back. There's a whole heap of question marks. I've seen I'm seeing reports about um people, journalists are questioning Harry Kane's movement now and saying, What's wrong with him? Is he going through a slump? I mean he scored goals this this these last two months, forgive me if I'm wrong, but some Spurs fans will say he's not at his best. There's question marks over obviously players' futures and even Pochettino talk of being unsettled. There's even I even I think I even got it printed off. I think UEFA published the paper. I ain't got the paper printed off, but how um, over last season Spurs' pressing game kind of dropped off and deteriorated. So it is what it is. Spurs, like Arsenal, have to bounce back against Palace. You have to get three points because they lost to Newcastle and drew with us. We lost to Liverpool and drew with them, of course. Both teams need to bounce back if they want to be serious this season. The more points you kind of drop, the more ground you have to make up. And maybe Spurs, I think Spurs will get top four, but similar to Arsenal last season, if they don't, they could be in a position like us saying, oh, if we done this and we done that. And we know hindsight's a wonderful thing and it's a good teacher, but reality is, as sad as it is, all that matters is the facts. 
So I think that's a good game. Obviously, Palace beat Man United um, away. So they kind of know how to do a little drill away from home. And I think Roy Hodgson, I saw a stat on Sky Sports, I can't remember it, but it put it, Palace in under him in a decent light in these sort of games. Palace always up for these games. It's a London derby as well. Spurs have more to lose than than Palace. If you're a better man, most maybe because maybe not because of Spurs' form and all the question marks, like I said. But you'd probably bet on Spurs to win that. So Palace kind of can be fearless. Obviously, they've got Zaha and Jordan Ayew's been I've named their Player of the Month, I believe, and he's been playing quite well. Credit where due for that guy, man. He's been playing well, um, and whatnot, um. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. But I think that's a very good game. Obviously, if Spurs lose, it's not the end of the world because we're only gonna be in September. But you gotta look at it like, boy, what's kind of going on here? And I don't know for the fitness of players, but just based on, and I'm not looking at it now, but just based on last week, I don't know for Carl Walker Peters, I don't know for Endon Bile and these sort of guys. That's for Spurs fans to know. But I think that's a good game for the neutral. Of course, I hope Spurs lose, but it is what it is. Um, Wolves versus Chelsea. Now, Chelsea allegedly have some injury concerns, but even that's for me is a good game as well because Chelsea are doing... I don't feel Chelsea are doing as bad as people are carrying on. I just feel they've got to improve defensively. I feel they've not been helped, obviously, with injuries and bans and whatnot. And I think most educated Chelsea fans will accept this was going to be a hard season. New manager can't really invest beyond integrating academy players. Realistically, it's going to be a hard season. I still think there's enough... Even with Hazard obviously leaving to get top four, I believe Chelsea, United and Arsenal, Spurs could... just If I had to bet money at this moment in time in September, I'm saying Spurs are going to get top four people. But Spurs, if they carry on, could be in this predicament. But predominantly, it looks... I'm saying United, Chelsea and us. Hopefully, we do this thing. Um, fighting for that full, full spot or so. Obviously, I hope to be wrong. Um... Chelsea, Chelsea, so Chelsea need to get get a move on as well. Going to the Molyneux is not going to be an easy game. Now, Wolves, again, stats might not back it up, but for me, Wolves have been a bit iffy in the start of the season. So maybe it's not as exciting as a neutral that's not watching Wolves week in, week out is going to be. But hopefully that's a decent game, man. Should be a good little meaty sort of game. Hopefully there's some controversy. I love controversy in football, especially when, not when it's nothing to do with Arsenal, unless Arsenal are benefiting people. I'm not going to lie. Um... We'll get on to VAR in a minute, but I'm only supporting VAR if it's going to defend Arsenal. Now, on a serious note, um, apparently there's going to be changes to VAR. So we'll get on to that. Oh, they're investigating changes. But Burnley, Brighton, nah, no disrespect to you fans of both teams, but that's a match of the day thing, man. That's you know, the one there, people. Like, that's a match of the day thing. Hopefully the people them in fantasy leagues can do that. But um, obviously Brighton, on a serious note, got a new manager. Burnley, you know what you're going to get under Sean Dyche. That's going to be a, fan, a decent game. Um, Sheffield United versus Southampton. That's I think that's going to be decent because obviously Sheffield United are at home. Still City, passion, overlapping centre-halves. That's going to be an eventful one. I can't be deluded, Gunnar, and not speak about Arsenal-Watford. Obviously, Arsenal-Watford on paper. Watford look appalling, to put it nicely. Um, bottom of the Premier League, a single point. Haven't won. I think winless stretches back last season. Manager tinkering with the squad. And a manager who I feel it was... Watford fans might disagree because they're watching their thing frequently and I can't tell them nothing. But... Um, after getting FA Cup final and finishing 10th or 11th, I feel it was harsh to get sacked. But the manager's gone old but new manager in Flores has come into the club so you'd think with this and the question marks and potentially low on confidence this should be a sure banker for Arsenal to go there put strike further fear and nerves with our attacking team and whatnot into them and collect three points 
But and I hope that's the case, and I expect that. And that's why I would play an attacking an attack heavy team out there, people personally. But um, the flip side of that is players that never got a look in are going to want to play out their skin players that did get a look in are going to want to play out their skin because it's a new manager he might say you're not playing anymore Andre Gray you get it or he might say Delefeu you're not playing again you get it so they have to up it we have to be careful and as an Arsenal fan as much as I love my club how many times have teams been in mad poor form they'll play us and the mad poor form will either continue or they track they've, they've gone on to have decent seasons respectively for what they're trying to accomplish but they track you can track it back to the Arsenal game where they won, where people didn't think it was going to happen and they got motivated and players got confidence to go on and get stuff. Dead that. We can't carry that sort of stuff on. We cannot let Watford go and do that. Um, um, ah, oh man, I did. One second, people. Apologies. I didn't mean to include this, but just by looking at Arsenal-Watford from the notes I did for the YouTube content, apparently um, Flores and Emre have met seven times and Emre's only won once and Flores has won three times so does he potentially have Emre's number in terms of tactics um, obviously that was based on their time in La Liga um, so we'll have to see and if you remember last season Arsenal won but um, Watford were down to 10 men but if you remember it weren't the cleanest of performances on another day in fact Watford kind of should have walked away with arguably three points but definitely a point based on that game really and truly people the year before we lost it in general our waveform the season just started so we can't really better it but our waveform is not the best Watford can't keep a clean sheet we've got one clean sheet but we struggle with that as well let's keep it 100 um, so you'd expect both teams to potentially score if I'm Watford I'm making sure my fullbacks are overlapping I'm playing Pereira and Delafeo and all of these players that potentially will use as well people with the eye for a pass or trying to make something happen and I'm trying to make as much use of set pieces long ball situations as I can Andre Gray might not be the most prolific but you've got to make him work the channels against Arsenal and pull us out of position because we know we have teething problems with first and foremost positioning as a, as a back four or five or whatever we do and secondly terms of players being switched on if your centre-half's out of position or you see him struggling thinking do I get closer do I drop off do I tell my left back to come in obviously these players are doing that and talking but it's not of the standard it should be if we keep it 100 so that's an iffy game for what it could be people hopefully we win that Bournemouth versus Everton is going to be a fancy one as well, in my opinion. Um, Bournemouth got attacking players. Everton, Richarlison's been in fairly decent form. And Wolby's started life to Ever um, Everton fairly decent as well. And you know we cheer on our former Guna, so that'll be a decent game to see. United, almost forgot about United and Leicester now... United, they could, they need to bounce, kind of bounce back as well after dropping points to Southampton. They drew, they drew there obviously, and they lost to Palace the week before that. They need to win. Now that's a good game for the neutrals as well. Now I don't forgive me if I'm wrong, but United at home, right? I could be wrong, but um, Leicester are a good team. Rogers has got a good thing going for him right now at Leicester. They're playing in good form. They understand his tactics. They've obviously got Chilwells and the Madisons and Tellemans who you don't know how long he's going to be there realistically. Vardy started off the season well. Everybody started it off well. United again, similar to Spurs and similar to Arsenal. There's more question marks if these teams lose. Oli Golasol, the Wolves are kind of coming out for him now as well and looking not just on his form this season but stretching back to last season. Obviously, we know United's situation. Certain players are just simply not good enough. Players need a lack of real quality additions. There's still question marks over several players' futures. Certain players, the fans feel, are just simply not good enough. Obviously, the underlying factor is this, regardless of what you say about Rashford and Martial and, and 
these sort of players and Chong now and he ain't really been playing but Chong and Greenwood and all of these young players they're still young players you can't really some of them are experienced enough obviously not Greenwood but um, you can't really expect them to lead the club to do anything major really United really need to sort it out similar to a lot of teams so obviously if they lose to Leicester there's a lot of question marks on Oli Goddard Solskjaer and to be fair we've seen Garcia lose his job I'm not being bad man and, and stuff obviously I'll give United fans banner but the Wolves could be out for Oli Goddard Solskjaer if he doesn't fix up people and that would be a, it won't be an easy game but that would be a good a good game to obviously, I can't lie a point against Leicester is, is good nowadays but United kind of have to win that Obviously, I hope they don't. I'm going to keep it 100 people. Of course, I hope United don't win that. I want Leicester to win. I've got a lot of friends who support United. You know, if you support United Spurs, I really got beef with Liverpool like that, but it's a banter thing. If you support anyone, it's, it's, it's banter people. Like we, I want to WhatsApp my friends like, did you see the game? Why didn't he do this? Because they stress me out, people, especially because I do YouTube and all of them things there. Um, they always say they can't wait to my vids and they can't wait to, for us to lose and, and they can say, oh, pee, and they can hear me go, people, they're losing. Is what it is, man. Villa versus West Ham is what it is in that regards. If Wilshire plays, shout out to Jack Wilshire. Um, Villa are trying to stay up, obviously, so they need to do their thing. Um, on, a, on a slightly more serious note, people, on a slightly serious note, I'm not going to stay here long, but um, allegedly um, England's team have met up or they're having a meeting or something in regards to action if somebody is racially abused away to Bulgaria. I get that they need to talk, but personally, didn't they do this the other day? And if they're not gonna walk off the field, I'm not. Don't get it twisted, people. I'm not. If you're not, if you're not built, like not everyone has to walk off. I would love everybody to show solidarity and do this thing and walk off. But players have to be brave, people. Obviously, the players that don't walk off, you could say they're cowards, but it's not always their fight, and it's and it's not always a difficult. It's a difficult position. But if they're not gonna walk off or do something like that, what's the point talking, people? What is there to do? Because it's gonna be the same thing. The game's not gonna get stopped. No one's gonna. Re yeah, they say fans get banned and all of these things, and we're gonna come out and and with the fancy hashtags and again more good field, good do nothing ban oh, ban action. It's not gonna do anything. You might see a stadium partial closure or whatever. You know the ban. The ban is gonna be silly or fans if like you know the closed section of the stadium and that. Um, the bands of the fans court is not going to be that long, probably like four years or something. Um, the fine is going to be pennies. So what's really what's really the point? It's, it's, um, again, if you're not built like that, but players, even if it's two man, even if it's two man, even if it's one man who walks off, that's all it takes. Because there's nothing up realistically. What is going to change people? I don't want to harp on about this, but what, what if we've been down this road? Like, it's never, I don't want to say racism has gone away, but within the last probably... Last season or two, you've seen a lot of incidences at clubs more. Well, they're being publicised more. They've always been there at all levels in all countries where the game's being played. So, at all levels. So, we'll see what happens. And it's a shame because unless you've been stuck in a maze or you're just racist or something, I don't know if you check, but there's quite a few multicultural players that play for England. I mean, we pride ourselves on diversity. Look at Hamza Chudbury. I think he's of Caribbean and Asian descent. He could potentially be a flag bearer for the next Asian superstar in 10 or so years. He could see Hamza Chadri. I'm, I'm obviously zooming in a bit now, but Hamza Chadri could get England cap because he's been playing quite well for Leicester. Um, a young Asian boy that's, what, five years old, could see that, get gassed off that, and that gives him the motivation, and that could potentially open up other barriers as well. And obviously, Raheem Sterling and all the Jaden Sancho, uh, Gomez, Rashford, Lingard, I don't know if you've been anywhere, but what's kit colour are they, people? The same as me. Teresa, I'm a chocolate Barbie and that, man, a chocolate darling and that, man. No one's my colour, man. I've got the right caramel thing, man. 
Young Black and Fly. But on a serious note, man, hopefully something serious gets done about that, people. Um, moving on, and this debate's been rambling on on Twitter, and I've been chatting with my man there, man, all of these sort of things, people. Is Van Dijk the best centre-half ever in the Premier League? I've seen companies' comments. A lot of people say arguably so. And I don't know how I feel, people. I think Van Dijk is a colossus of a player. He's good, ball player, tall, does all this thing as well. Like, he's a sick player, people. There's no way around it. He's sick. People are not talking about his price tag. Together with, because I don't think it gets spoken about, Klopp's better emphasis on improving them just as a team defensively. Him and Alisson have taken Liverpool to the next level together with what they've tried to do. Um, he's one of the best players in his position in the world right now. He's undoubtedly one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. And he's got a case for world people. Um, we can have that debate, but he's got a case. But do I think he's one of the best, one of the best Premier League um, centre-halves ever? Not quite yet. Do I think he's the best ever outright? I'm sorry, but no. Again, not all of these players were playing in certain generations, but I'm always... I do think, don't get me wrong, he's a technically better footballer than Sol Campbell if you slap them together, but I'm an Arsenal man. I'm always going to sing Sol Campbell's praises. You've obviously got to speak about Rio Ferdinand. There's people like John Terry. There's Vidic out there. There's Yap Stam. There's all these... Tony Adams. There's all these other guys. Company himself. I don't know why. I can't company. I know privately you're not you're not selecting that thing, man. You don't believe you was one of the best ever. Um... Again, I think Van Dijk is a better player as a centre-half if you threw them together than the likes of Carvalho and things like that. But you could throw him into the mix, say arguably he's done more in the Prem. Obviously, you can say Van Dijk's won the Champions League, which is a fantastic achievement. And again, if we're talking generally about Van Dijk, that applies. But if we're speaking specifically about the Premier League, one of the best ever, a hallmark in the game. I'm not too sure. He's definitely doing his thing right now. He's on the, he's on the, the right track and he's definitely... If we wasn't to talk about longevity and trophies and just being a hallmark and years of service, if we was just to get all of these players like Sol Campbell, Van Dijk and all of these guys and just throw them on the field in some mad world and say play football, he would obviously be one of the best centre-halves and have a case to be one of the best centre-halves on, on, on the pitch. Another That's a whole other debate. Can his ability match up and things like that? People, and even Van Dijk, you could even, as much as I don't agree with him being the best ever, you can make a case for him to be that because I do feel, and I'm guilty of it at times as well, you know when, like, like we, we always want to give the man them that were playing 10, 20 years, five years ago, people that are retired, like, the bet, like the devote people, do you get what I'm saying? I might not agree with it, but it's always like, yeah, man, no, they're hallmarks in the game, legends, we've got to give it to them, but it's like, hold on, like. Because I'm seeing it now as a 24-year-old. Like, I'm seeing, like, and this might be the older heads. Like, I'm seeing sometimes, not Van Dyke now, we're going off topic, but don't you see some young kids gassing up some players and you're like, no, he was, he was dead, you know? Like, he, he was dead. Like, some footballers in the next 10, 20 years are going to have the most elitist of careers. You know, them third-choice keepers, people, that have never played a game and won enough Premier Leagues and all them things. I swear, um, there's bare man like that that have never played and got hella trophies. I, I respect the grind. Like, shout out to Vermaelen because he got Champions League. I didn't even want to give the boss. He didn't want to, when he won it at Barca, he didn't want to give the medal back. But shout out to him. He's definitely not in this. And obviously, Van Dijk is better than, than, than Wes Morgan people. But you know, Wes Morgan is Jamaican and that. And he's won the Premier League. He led the underdog Leicester team to winning that trophy. Mighty Ducks things. Wes Morgan is undoubtedly a Premier League hallmark as well. Regardless of your opinions, I'm going to push this agenda, people. There's nothing you can say. He's definitely better than Kishoni. Like It's a Kishoni agenda thing. He left now, people. Kishoni didn't do that. Kishoni's out here getting headlocked and bullied by defenders. You think Wes Morgan could get done like Kishoni against Charisma? Never. Never. Come on, man. On a serious note, let's bust out from this, man. 
Um, honestly, I've also carry on with like good players in that. Pogba's been not linked with United, but it seems like his brother just not United Barcelona. Sorry, it seems like his brother just keeps chatting and between his agent, possibly Paul Pogba, and obviously his, his brother. They're all doing what they can to subtly engineer this move or keep it going, regardless of um, regardless of what team it is. Just trying to get out of United. Now he could very much well yeah stay at United. He could stay at United for the next couple of years now. But there's been talk of Juventus again, Madrid, Barcelona. Who knows what he's going to do? Personally, I feel United kind of got a... Whether he stays or goes, I, lo- I feel Pogba's a baller. I think everyone knows his quality, but I see it as an Arsenal fan and it's annoyed me with the Alexis and Ozil's and all of these things. It's like it is, every week they're sat in with this guy's future. Not necessarily his fault, but there's always something. And it's just, it's, it's exhausting, people. I feel they've got a... They've got to, like De Gea's can talk to clubs away, can talk to clubs abroad in in January. They've got to make decisions now and get players that first and foremost want to be here. I'm not saying they're not going to do that. I'm not saying they're not trying to do that. If Pogba doesn't want to be there, then they need to move him on. People, um, could it happen in January? Who knows? Because Barcelona, what? I don't think they could go for Neymar. Well, they could go for Neymar in January, but would it make sense? Because you'd think PSG would have played him by then in the Champions League, making him illegible. If they want to save their money for the following summer, 2020, and do their thing, and um, especially with with um, with potentially more money coming in, then cool. But um, Pogba could move in January to anywhere, really, because in paper, I mean, he'll be eligible for the Champions League because he'll be playing in the Europa League with United. It's come fast for you United fans, in it? You was bantering Arsenal fans last season about Europa, and you're in it with us again. So, yeah, Um Pogba could be feasible, people. It could be an operation in January. You've got to be wary of players moving in January because it's not always the best time to settle. I think Pogba won't have any issues, but you got to remember, I feel I think it's Valverde's fault largely, but Coutinho moved in January. It's a difficult time six months into the season to settle at a new club and hit the ground running beyond all the other things. Um, if it did happen, I can't lie, man. You're not got to try to get Dembele or Rakitic or sat, hustle something out of that. You can't let Barca take Pogba and not get a player from that. Arsenal have been linked with Carrasco again. I mean, people, Carrasco. To be fair, we're behaving like he's 20, like, he, like he's 30, 30, 36, 35, and that he's actually only 25. Um, I just think he's a bit rubby now. Like, he'll be a decent squad addition, and he's only 25, but rather keep playing the young Gs, Nelson, and all them things. I'd take Zaha way before I take Carrasco right now, man. And Carrasco's a baller. Like, he's not dead. I'll take him. I won't cry if he signs, but I just... I don't know, man. I'm not, there's something just something just feels a bit stale about that one there, man. It's obviously not going to be, but yeah. Um, if we're not going to sign Sabayos permanently, if we have no chance, I can't lie, man. We need to throw the bag at, uh, at signing Leon's Owa. Um, or could we consider a cut price move for Fakir, man? Um, he's come out and hit back at problem uh, reports over his, his knee problems, allegedly. He's at Batiste, which took everybody by shock that he joined Batiste, Batiste sorry, with all respect to them. Um, it's undoubtable, but and we've probably, the Fakir and Arsenal boats probably finished now, but could that be an option to look at? Um, moving on, people, shout out to Joe Willock for obviously signing a new deal at the at the club, man. It's shout out to him. He's made 20 appearances for the club. He's 20 years of age. People ratted him off 18 months or so ago, and now a lot of them are singing his praises, and I really like what I'm seeing by Joe. So far, so good. He's still got a long way to go. He's still raw in many aspects, but I feel he should be one one of the first names on the team sheet right about now, just on the basis of playing consistent. Until he plays and until he plays poor or something happens, and it's sad that he's got this little injury knock just when he's keeping going. I feel he was unlucky not to be involved against um, Spurs after his Liverpool and, and previous displays. 
But I like him, man. You look at Xhaka right now, based on form, regardless, obviously you could say comparison, one's inexperienced, but what is inexperienced at the end of the day? He's still learning. He's not made 100 career appearances, but he's been thrown in against Liverpool, Newcastle, Burnley and held his own now. Um, the only difference is age. And if you're good enough, you're old enough, people, man. And Joe has repaid the faith Emre's given him and he deserves his new deal. He's obviously with England's under-21s now and whatnot. He's sadly had two injuries now since he's been called up there. But... Yeah, man, and hopefully he develops, he carries on doing it because he's got that surprise factor. You don't know how good he can be. People rip him off, and that's the beauty of being underrated. People don't see it coming. People weren't screaming Joe Willett was, was coming up and these things. They knew about him, but people rip him off a year or so ago. And now, nah, look, he's still got a long way to go and nothing set in stone, but he's still doing his thing, man. Shout out to Joe, man. He just said a long-term deal, people, so I don't know. I'd love to know the duration of his contract. Hopefully, it's a four- to five-year deal or three years with an option of two further years or something, purely to, first and foremost, reward him because he looks like he can be a player for us in the future. Second second of all, to protect our, our resale value and just the value of the player and the club's general health in returns to assets. First and foremost, the team has to, the academy's purpose is to promote players into the first team. Second of all, most, well, it's actually to create good human beings. But second of all, if they can't make it here or they want to leave or whatever, they need to go for good. We need to be able to command decent funds that can be reinvested. The circumstances are, are different. We don't know if or what we wanted to leave, but came through the academy, sold for 35 to 40 million. That can be reinvested elsewhere. See what I'm saying, people? Um, So good luck, man. Um. People, and I can't lie, I think this is a rather serious one. Do you guys believe there's a thing? I think there's a very thin line between critiquing a player, not really a player being your cup of tea, and then just unhealthy scapegoating, agenda-ridden stuff, people. Like, we've all got them at our teams. Let's let's keep it 100%. I mean, Chelsea fans would probably say, William could be a scapegoat. Saying they're a scapegoat doesn't mean they've not been in poor form, they're not good enough, then all of these things, we can hold these opinions. But what I mean is, at what point does it become just bashing on a player and fueling agendas and getting on them? I'm not defending poor poor performances, people. I don't defend poor performances. You know me, I can only speak for myself. I praise and critique a player where it's due. If you've played well, sing your praises. If you've played poor, we've got to speak about it. Sadly, the game don't go like that and not everybody's necessarily on it like that, people. Um... So, yeah, I mean, you look at United, you'd probably say Lingard, Rashford, Paul Pogba now. Spurs would probably say Trippier last season. And again, these players did put in poor performances. Arsenal, you had Iwobi previously. You've got Mustafi. You've got Xhaka. Um, so, at what point, people, does it go beyond just mentioning their poor performances and becomes a gender field? Because like, I always say, Mustafi, was it, did we lose against Renz? I could be wrong, but I think we lost against Renz and Mustafi might have had a poor game, but he actually weren't at fault for any of the goals. We were, uh, ironically, Xhaka was in had good goals. He didn't follow someone. Um, if I can remember it, the game properly, like Mustafi weren't even involved with the, for the poor performance. Like we play rubbish, but it's one of them ones where you didn't mess up today. And I was seeing his name bare. I was like, nah, man, this is where it goes beyond critiquing a man. Like Mustafi, nine out of ten times is poor, but at one time he's good. Like you can't be banging on. Obviously, that doesn't mean saying he's gonna become a player and stuff. But and all of these things, most of you that are competent enough to understand what I'm saying, get is where I'm going at. <laughs> Many people that follow me don't. Um, for what for what reason they continue to be fickle and follow me, I don't know. People. Um, completely off topic as well, but um, I thought I'd mention Liverpool now again. Back to Liverpool. I was speaking of a Liverpool friend and I said, how would you improve the Liverpool squad? Because for me, 
I'm going to be a bit controversial and say a striker. They don't need a striker. Firmino does his thing in the false nine, but could you imagine Aubameyang? In, you don't think Klopp would not turn down a striker like Aubameyang? Could you imagine it? Aubameyang, Mane, Salah, Firmino in that sort of creative role still could do that. Still, Firmino, don't discount what he offers that Liverpool team together. Or you could somehow play two up front. Don't get me wrong, what they're doing is perfect now, but I'm saying if I'm Klopp, I'll say a striker because I just believe all of that, this one more man on a sick thing, like a definitive striker, and they score a lot of goals, don't get twisted, Mane and Salah specifically. Um, and Firmino does his thing, but imagine a more prolific man in that team, people. Or if you don't agree with Aubameyang, would, would Liverpool fans, let's just say in a hypothetical world, Aguero, like, would you turn down Aguero? Surely you would move Firmino out of there. I've got no agendas against Firmino because he's a bad boy player. If you ever want to sign for Arsenal, come. Stop doing them no-look goals against us, though. But um, I would say striker. I would say a cam because I, I don't get me wrong, their midfielders do their thing and play well. But I wouldn't say any of them. I'd say I want to say they miss Coutinho, but that sort of skill set I feel they could do with it. Like if they could have grabbed the Sabios or someone that tries to do that thing, because they midfielders do do well. You've seen Ronaldo, he does his thing, but Ronaldo, Henderson, Fabinho is a quality player. Um, Milner when he's there and all these other guys, they, they they're good and they're good in their own rights, but their skill set's not really unlocking, picking the lines and stuff. Some of them are good passes, but it's not really picking the lines and stuff. Again, most of you understand where I'm getting at. At a push, you I guess you could say a centre half. You could say someone on Van Dyke's level, but I'm a big fan of Joe Gomez. I've seen some comments coming out that he's better at fullback. Uh, Matip's been doing his thing and been rewarded, or the club have taken out an extension of an, I think another year on his deal. Um, They've got Lovren in backup, which Lovren wanted to keep it moving, but he couldn't. So potentially another top half centre half or competent centre half to complement the squad. Um, and it leads, it leads me on to this, people. When do you think Klopp would call it a day at, United, at Liverpool? Sorry, because he always now and again he speaks about because of like his intensity and his passion for the game and things. He um, he needs a break, and he similar to Pep. In fact, I don't. Well, Pep listen is on this health thing, but from what I read about Klopp, he's very serious about recharging the battery mental batteries and obviously you love football and that but there's more important things and just looking after the body um i think he said 2022 is is this sort of date and that's in two three years or so my mouse is poor and considering how close he is to potentially to winning the premier league title obviously a champions league trophy obviously it'll go down in history at liverpool i don't know how highly they'll regard him but i think he'd be held in high high esteem because of how he is and he's won the champs is it a case of so close so far, or do you, do you keep going to chase it, or do you? When do you call it a day? Because I don't know statistically how many years he spent at a club, but I'm sure Liverpool fans got to be thinking about that in the back burner. Because yes, he's accomplished a good squad and he's doing his thing at the champs, but you always know people. There's at times with management, there's a bridge or there's a barrier. These these managers either hit it, can he win that Premier League trophy, or will it become not an impossible dream? But he's chasing it for a while and then he feels he's taken so much out of him, he can't do it. No no more do you get it people so i guess i don't know when clock will step down or whatever but it's just he's very big on talking about that break sort of stuff so surely it's in the back of liverpool fans minds but yeah um couple i would love to see curtis jones and harvey elliott get chances people i mean curtis jones i watched england's under 19s he played quite um he played quite well for them we didn't we didn't have the best of games but he played quite well down the left hand flank coming inside a lot Harvey Elliott obviously won a penalty in the, I can't even say it, but the Serenka Cup against Poland and he scored it. And it's difficult to get chances in this Liverpool team. Look at all of their team and whatnot, people. But I'd love to, I think Curtis Jones is going to have a good future. Harvey Elliott's a good player and he obviously took many people by surprise. Not because, not, not 
surprising that we all know Liverpool's a big club, but you would think Fulham would present more immediate first-team chances and the chance to be in and around them. Obviously, Harvey Elliott will get chances and he's probably training week in and week out with the first team. But you got to remember Liverpool are trying to win the Premier League and he's and you got to remember Harvey Elliott is close, but he's Klopp's probably thinking he's got a long way to go because he's still only 16, quite rightly so. He's probably he's not going to be at that level um, week in, week out. It's even like with Foden. I think Foden's good enough to start on a more regular basis, but... You don't know what these managers are thinking when they're up close, people. And you can't underestimate patience with players. I think it's overstated, but it's very underrated. Regardless if a player leaves a club to find a better pathway, you still need patience. People think even when these young players... I don't know, let's just say I left Arsenal and I joined like Lens in France where it looks like I'm going to get more first team. People think everything's going to be like Jason Sandro. You're going to hit it straight away. doesn't work like that. You're still going to need patience. Sanjo did not start playing straight away for Dortmund. He, he was easily, he was he was gradually brought in to the point where idiots were saying, "Oh, why is he playing under 19s for 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 Dortmund? Why did he leave? Why did he come home from the under 17s World Cup?" And now they see that Dortmund told him, "Listen, we've got a plan for you. You're gonna come here, short, medium, and long term. This is what you're gonna do." And in what two years or 18 months or whatever you wanna call it, he's in England. Dare I say, rotation option regular. He's incredibly marketable. He's already getting a lot of fans. Young players are looking up to him. He's going to have a great future. He's doing his thing at Dortmund. He's still young. The whole leap of club. I can't. I can't lie, people. There can't be a club in Europe not interested in him. Even Arsenal and, and Arsenal and Spurs. We probably cannot afford. Well, we can afford him, but probably we'll never get him. Anyone like anyone. I always think people don't talk about. Um, Munich enough the aspect of Munich but you'd think the Premier League he has ambitions to be a Premier League regular week in week out I know he speaks of having no ambition to immediately return to the Premier League in London specifically and things so that leads me to believe could he join United could he go to City again because you're out of the London sort of stuff and Sterling's kind of said that was a big thing as well people but um yeah moving on from that and VAR finally what I've seen in the Premier League is that Mike Riley has admitted that VAR has made four mistakes so far during this Premier League season. Now, we knew, I mean, no system is going to be faultless. It's never, it's going to need to be reworked. And might, we might sit here 20, 30 years from now and thinking, oh, how crap it used to be now. And it's amazing. I My personal problem with VAR is that it's still down to human interpretation. We're still trying to do a bit of both. For me, obviously, you need a bit of both you can't just have a whole robot or something but i think it needs to be tweaked do you make the technology to the point where whatever decision it says goes because it's still down to referees interpretation it's, it's just man sitting in a room with the computer and still interpreting is it a foul or not is there a way to create some sort of super ai that can determine these sort of things it can't be like cricket and, and tennis and things but i guess adopting potentially that sort of technology sort of thing even more and finding something because I still think there's still confusion and you see it on the touchlines. They've said they've made mistakes. There's still too much of a delay. Players don't want to celebrate. Fans are confused. Players are confused. It don't really make sense. Sometimes you're looking at sometimes as well, the pet peeve of obviously offside is offside people, but I know you've all seen it. There's times a guy's earlobe is offside. The lace is offside. Like we want the right decisions, but come on, these sort of things there. VAR, obviously, I'm I'm with anything that can better the game, but um, apparently, people, it's there's been 227 incidents checked by VAR, six on-field changes as a result, um, whatever they've been. I'm sure we've all been around the Premier League and seen what's happened. 
10 decisions that should have been overturned but weren't so that's kind of negative six kind of positive 10 kind of negative so out of 227 so right now it's essentially a flop people do you get it is it there's no way around it um some of the article named some of the incidences it said the examples in which Fabian share equalized for Newcastle against Watford and Yuri Telemann's apparent stamp on Callum Wilson were discussed in Thursday's meeting by Premier League shareholders. The other two errors were the referee's decision not to award Manchester City a penalty when Lerma stood on David Silva's foot in the Bournemouth box and the decision not to give West Ham a penalty when Hallier was brought down by Norwich's Tom Tribal. So, again, teething problems, people. Teething problems, teething problems. Um, I didn't mean to print this, but I thought I'd mention it. And for Spurs fans, it could be of interest. I don't know why. I've only copy-pasted this. It's what I was speaking about earlier in relation to... What was that? The UEFA paper that got printed. But apparently it said... Spurs have only won possession in the final third, at this obviously at the time of collecting data, in the final third, nine times in four games all season, putting them 16th, forget, 16th among Premier League sides. Their average of 2.3 per game represents a considerable drop-off on their usual numbers. Last season, they averaged 4.2 per game, putting them 5th. In 2017-18, they averaged 4.4, putting them 3rd. Optus data for press sequences is more revealing press sequences are defined as opposition passing sequences of free free or fewer passes which ended which end within 40 meters of their own goal this season spurs have forced fewer press sequences 31 more than any other premier league side averaging 7.8 per game compared to 13.2 last season so spurs fans take that how you want to take it but people it's been a lovely it's been a lovely lovely podcast and i've got a little bonus for you i was out with my friend earlier and obviously we'll start playing at some point past this but um i was with him and we was kicking it speaking about the prem and whatnot and i guess it's more content and it makes this podcast longer in case you thought it was done obviously if you don't want to hear the end of that which i hope a lot of you dg nation will check out youtube because at this point i should have brought out the watford preview the q a probably a couple of other vids i've obviously got other vids i'm more or less dropping vids every day check out my other podcasts if you're here for the first time obviously all the information further in regards to following me and tracking what i'm doing is in the description of my youtube and obviously the podcast thing i'm working on getting on apple music and all of these other things but it's proving tricky but we'll get there people and we'll expand this and we'll get people on this sometime and we'll further develop the content but for now people deluded i'm out it's been a pleasure i'm out thank you for watching and obviously carry on for the rest of it bang people deluded i'm back again obviously it's podcast time and this is a little segment you know here and there i'm with my friends and my close circle and whatnot and i'm here with my trusted guy let's call him d because he's quite frankly doesn't really care for youtube and podcasts and all of these sort of things but he's doing me a favor and he's providing his opinion or really he's not doing me a favor because we talk about football anyway so i thought why not record this and kind of use it and whatnot because at the end of the day i do content for guys like him and guys like yourself and the community and people that just like football and whatnot so cracking on Oh, I, can't, I want to speak. To, I have to do a video about this, but I can't. I'm tired, and, I'm, and as you can see, we're outside. I haven't got time, so we might as well touch on Henrik Mkhitaryan. Now, as you lot know, of sorts, he's irrelevant at this moment in time because he's obviously left Arsenal on loan on a temporary basis and joined Roma. Um, he's kind of had something to say in the press. I'm about to. 
got press on with that. But yeah, he's not in the first team picture. He was used, let's say, fairly decent amount under Uno Emery last season. He's not, when you're naming an Arsenal first 11, you're not going to pick him, let's be quite frankly honest. But he's, um, yeah, man, this season he was kind of alienated. Nelson's been promoted to the first team squad. Pepe's there. Obviously, there's other chopping and changing and other things that could happen and have been happening. But he said, and I've paraphrased a lot of it, people. I just took the relevant bits. But he said, I have to enjoy playing football, no matter the place. In England, I no longer felt happy. No longer felt happy. I got a call from my agent and I wanted to come to Roma because it is a great opportunity for me. I didn't even have a discussion with my agent about money. Maybe I was not fitting so well into English football, so I think a change was good. The last month at Arsenal, I was not happy. So that's why I said it was better to come to Roma and to get happy and to get to get pleasure from playing football again. Now I'm in Rome and I focus on them. This is not a backward step um, as great football is played here. I wanted to change scenery and for me it's an opportunity to be safe. See, um, see, sorry. With the national team I play behind the striker so I have more freedom to move wherever I want, to drop back, to take the ball, but at the end I have to be in the box to try and help finish chances. But at Arsenal and Manchester United my role was different. I was more responsible for helping to build play and perhaps which is why I scored fewer goals. But I'm trying my best to score and assist again because that's what I get pleasure from. I think maybe I was not sitting so fitting so well in English football. So I have to think about a change. I've heard from many, many players that the Italian league is great and the football is great. The last month at Arsenal, I was not getting pleasure. So that's why I said it was better to come to Roma and to get happy. It is a hard question. It is difficult to me to, for me to say. I'm not, I'm not in the Arsenal board. I cannot say. I think it was because of my wish to leave. Everybody knows, knows that. I know I was not going to play a lot this season. Maybe I will sit on the bench like I did the last three games before the international break. I know here I will have more opportunity to play because there's the league, the cup, the Europa League. The decision was not easy for Arsenal to let me go. But thanks to Roma Sporting Director and Board, they're able to do it and hopefully I can show why they wanted that. So obviously I've paraphrased a bit, people, but as you can see, he's spoken indirectly about why it didn't work for him at Man United and Arsenal in terms of his positioning. Perhaps that could allude to tactically how he was used under Jose, Emre and obviously Wenger. First and foremost, he wants to go out and get football. So with hearing that and you being a Spurs fan, bro, and you, quite frankly, not really caring... I know it was a lengthy one to take in for you and the listeners, but what was your initial thoughts on that? And like, what do you feel about Mkhitaryan anyways? I think it's a good move for him, to be honest. Like, he clearly like hasn't had the respect from English fans from United, saying that he hasn't didn't do well, he didn't get get much opportunity there. Or he had a bit of opportunity at Arsenal. We played a few games. I thought he was a decent squad player for you, but he was never going to progress. Mm. They always he always needed a bit more uh, person with. Maybe a higher class of football. So. A bit more pizzazz, just got a bit yeah. more in his locker sort of thing. Yeah. And as he, as he said or as he said from on, on that statement, he didn't get much goals and assists. He didn't contribute much goals and assists. So that's all anyone wants to see from a from like any player, fan yeah. any fan wants to see what you want to see goals and assists, don't you, from a player. So he needed to move on to get a fresh start to to try and do that. Carry on his career. Would you yeah. describe him as a I know the word flop is a is a harsh one, but um Judging his time at United, if you can, would you call him a United flop? And just judging his time at Arsenal uh, individually, would you call him an Arsenal flop? No, I wouldn't call him a flop because he. I'm sure he won trophies with United. I'm he won the Europa League. He won and the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. I think he did quite well with them. So 
He 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 personally might have done, but the team did well while he was in the he team. He still got something. Yeah. He can really yeah. kind of leave with yeah. with some sort of pride. And I think I think you're true on that statement. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't quite Mickey tearing of the Bundesliga, but like you said, he's walked to every Europa uh, Europa League trophy. Fair enough, getting to the final is nothing, but he's got to the final with Arsenal. So for him, it's been all right. I think what's not really helped him is arguably we both would probably agree the wor- probably the worst swap deal in Premier League history, Alexis and Mickey tearing, even though it was for free. You could also you no, could, uh, but. Looking back at it now, you wouldn't Swear. say you wouldn't say it's the worst swap deal in history. No, I would say I can't lie. As an Arsenal fan, I'd be a bit biased and say Mickey Tierney has been better for Arsenal than Alexis clearly has for United. Yeah, exactly. But for me personally, I'm not going to sit here and lie. It took me a while to be sold on. I liked Mickey Tierney in Bundesliga, but when the deal was happening, bro, I wasn't screaming. I was saying you might as well just get money or just just, just money only. Yeah, Sanchez just... was going to go on a free. Anyway, yeah, but I'd so. rather that because I get it. It sounds like a good deal. We had lemons and we um, and we made lemonade in that. We was going to lose this guy for free and we got someone for free. But I feel the wages he came on. Not that his wages are relevant, but that includes you. That just his wages implies that he's going to be a key player. Like it mm. implies that he hasn't really delivered. He showed it in patches. Remember the Everton game where he got free assists there was a time even last season where I think he had a little purple patch because you know me I'm a fair man there was a time he was one of the first names in the team sheet on form but arguably he hasn't he hasn't he just hasn't shown it and for me Obviously, Mkhitaryan's a weird one because for me, when I hear Mkhitaryan, his strengths are technically based, coming onto the ball, like he said. He, you would play him as, if not Cam 10, you know what I mean, that mm. creative role. He's been stationed on the flanks at United. Obviously, he came to Arsenal and was the number seven um, and, and he was on, played primarily on the flanks. Do you think that kind of contributed into him potentially not having the best of periods in England then playing on, on the wings as opposed to potentially a free role that he's spoken about arriving late in that? I understand that as well, but... At the end of the day, if you're a classy football player, you should be able to play anywhere kind of attacking. So he's still we we didn't see that that quality from him, like like first touch one twos, mm. the movement, the creativity that, that he says he can do at at centre mid at centre central attacking midfield. He didn't show that on the wing, so he didn't show it in any yeah, yeah really and truly he didn't show any real creativity. I mean, he did get some goals and assists, and he he's not a bad player. And I personally feel the players will miss Miguel because at the end of the day. They're professional footballers, people mm. move. But from what I see at Arsenal, I mean, Mustafi has to go, for instance. But you hear Mustafi's a character, and you hear Mickey Terry, not necessarily for the players, because I know he's got Aubameyang and Socrates, but you hear how he's he was one of them players that really made people outside of necessarily the first team feel welcome. He was buying Christmas presents and things like that. That's not relevant to the footballing things. Um, it, for me, it, it's, I wouldn't say it's a poker move by Emre because, as you look, as you know, similar to Pochettino, the decisions aren't really Emre's in regards to who comes and to a degree who goes. But I would have felt seeing Iwobi leave, seeing other movement. Mm. I thought Mickey, don't get me wrong, Materian had to go, and I think the board done well because of what we just spoke about. But I thought he would have stayed and been part of the squad, but he's gone. So, would, what would you? So, so you would say you would you wouldn't say it was a flop. So you wouldn't say it was a flop. What do you feel? Um, what do you feel he could do at Roma now? Because obviously, me and you, we watch Italian football. We're not watching it religiously, but I would personally, if I move to Roma, for me, it's Rome. It's a rich city. It's a good, it's a prestigious club. Um, like he said, it's a decent league. Um, they're in the Europa League, so he might even buck Arsenal in that. Um, do you feel he? Do you feel that's a bad move? Do you feel he could have got a better move? Do you feel potentially he could have stayed in the Prem? I think it's a good move for him. It's, it's not a step down. It's sort of a sideways step. It's just he stayed at the same level, mm. and um, it's just a fresh start for him. New fans, new opportunity. Hopefully, Clean slate, sort yeah, of thing. New manager. Hopefully, he can try and find like find a permanent position in the team, get more game time, and um, yeah, just progress from there. Yeah, pro- progress from there. Yeah. You watched any international football? 
Uh, I watched a bit of it, yeah. What you watched? Um, what did I watch? Watched a bit of the Spain game. Spain, was it Romania? Yeah, that game was live, bro. No, that it was good, but Spain, Spain have... Um, Spain have disappointed me. They're not the same. Why are they disappointing you? They're not the same Spain that they was the last... when they know when they was winning the trophies from 08. Mm, that tick-a-tack yeah. that. Everybody's it's, sick in every it's place. It's gone so. back to that Raul Spain. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> For me, Raul it's like... Spain, I, do you know what? Yeah, for me, I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm an, I, I come up off Arsene Wenger. I love technical football and I still adore watching Spain. I like watching... Let me put the window there. It's getting kind of hot in here. Um, I, still, I still adore watching Spain play. But... I don't want to say it's stagnant, but it's kind of stagnant yeah, and predictable. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like they've got they've got thingy. Um, if you remember the old Spain, mm. like before, they used to play great football, Pre- unpredictable football. over the pitch, innit? it? Yeah, but they they could concede at any time. Yeah. That's what I feel at this yeah. point. Like they were playing, wasn't even playing a, a strong team, but I felt mm. the quality to a degree yeah. dropped off. They still got players. Yeah, they still got players. They're still playing quality football. You still see the passing, the movement, and stuff, but. You, they're not taking it that step further that how they, step, they, that it step. was ruthless before that sort of ruthless just yeah. beating people up like the way they won the Euros and the World Cup outpassing outclassing like the rhythm just the, everybody in it the rhythm's not quite there yeah yeah that's the right one like it's technically great but it's like for me I know they got Alcad- Paco Alcantara up front now but mm. it's like for years it's like they weren't playing with a number line like forgive me if I'm wrong I swear I've seen Iniesta play false nine yeah, I can't yeah, 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 play, I, yeah. I was just about to say I didn't want to say it because <laughs> I'm sure I know 100 I saw that at Barca no. but I wasn't sure if I seen that Spain I, I'm no, sure they went to the World Cup and only took Fabregas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Track. I know I wasn't bugging. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. bugging. I knew I wasn't bugging. <laughs> no. I knew I wasn't bugging. Yeah, man. They, they, they totally dropped Torres. They remember yeah, that? Yeah, they did a madness. <laughs> yeah. I can't like saying that, though. I know it's obviously too early to predict the Euros. I mean, if someone asks me about the Euros, I'm going to scream France. Um, protect me, I'm, I, was, I always scream Portugal. I'm going to scream yeah, Portugal. Yeah, still, still playing. <laughs> <laughs> Portugal's still there. Because like. they got that Jao Felix. Yeah, He's Jao crazy. Felix. Bruno Fernandes. How do you feel about that Bruno Fernandes? Whoever's name is yeah, but yeah, he don't. You see, with Greedes, I wanted him at Arsenal, and I still kind of like him and rate him. But it's like, obviously, I don't want to judge him on the World Cup because it's a different level. Because him, Werner, there's bare man that didn't really play mm. good. But you see him, I kind of not, not ratings have gone down. But it's like, ah, was I gassing you a bit then? Like, was I gassing you a bit? And I know I still see him scoring important goals. Now he's still doing mad things. Yeah. Like he's still doing mad things. But it's like so, I support like, you. But it's like you know when you support a player and then. You pre him again properly and you remove your emotion. Like, well, am I gassing you? You're still my guy, but was I gassing it? And it's like, for me, Portugal could. I don't want to say Dark Horse because, like you said, they got Ronaldo, but that Jao Felix, you, Bruno Fernandes. How do you actually feel about Bruno Fernandes' failed move to Spurs, boy? Because he was talking about how he the bid was accepted and blah, blah, blah. And I know the sporting president said that you lot was, <laughs> you lot was offering clauses if you win Champions League in the Prem and all them lies there. Like, I really cl- last week no, <laughs> Clearly not going to get the piece for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> guys trying to pull us off. I think Spurs was just trying to get anyone. Like, literally trying to get this thing like, in, trying to do this thing in. Trying to just get names. Everyone's heard Bruno Fernandes, just the name, put him out there. In the media, Spurs out to get a big name player. That's all it was, I think. Put as much, put much um, these sort of noise out. In there. Yeah, one of them will come that, to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> put as much feelers in and out. That's but I mean, happened. you surely must have been going for one or like he must have. You must have been aiming for two out of the three because once, uh, no, once we got Endombele, I thought that position was pretty much covered. Unless we sold. No, but you do a tenting. Like you could have. You obviously you, the baller if he came could have played yeah, in that free role. If Ericsson, if Ericsson left, I think we could have got another... What are you saying for Ericsson, Carl? For me, obviously, it feels it stinks a bit of that Ozil stuff where you're in a situation now where do you sell him or give him a new deal? But you're a Spurs fan. Ericsson, you, he's done dirt. Like He's a quasi player. For me, he's a good player, but he can go, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Why, though? 
because he's he's had his time. What he's he's been for quite a while, and he's clearly not happy at Spurs. He doesn't want to sign a new contract. Just move on in it. Just move on, like get the peas, move, move on. I think he wanted to move on. I think he wanted Roman Madrid to come in. But he's always flirting. He said he wished it was like Football Manager, and now he wish he could make the decisions like a Football Manager. I think <laughs> surely Pochettino's had enough of this. Like, obviously, I think a bit of that is him putting his feelers out to the, him and his agent putting feelers out. Car for me, January is going to be a sticky one because. Obviously, Neymar's a bit irrelevant, but I don't think Neymar's going to leave. He wanted to go Barca. I don't think Neymar's going to leave PSG in January to go to Barca. So I'd love it, love to see it, but would it make sense for Barca? Because he can't play. In the, he won't be able to play in the Champions League because PSG will play him in that. I think Pogba can Pogba to Real Madrid's a possibility, and because of Eriksen's contract situation and his willingness to go, obviously the, he's been linked with Juventus, Atletico, Madrid. It'll probably drive himself to Barcelona. Just them ones there, them Kevin Prince, Boateng mm. sort of things are huge forced interest. Um, he's irrelevant, but. Williams' contract situation at Chelsea is one for debate, but let's forget that. So, like, what would you do with Ericsson? Like, come January, shot him. I would, I would W. Ideally, yeah, so we can get some money from him. Otherwise, he's going to go on a free and he's going to be, we're going to become like you guys. Like, like <laughs> yeah, players are just going to be just. Yeah, oh, well, we pat- left, right, no, no, but we pat- Arsenal pat- and Arsenal pat- and our thing, though, because what? We shagged United and Ozil stayed, so we, what? We left for free. We don't need this thing. Obviously, people left for free, but we do this thing. It's around with Sanjay season now. None of that's how you see what Sanjay's doing. He's telling Koshani, come out the club, dog. <laughs> like, come out of my thing. Like, um, we're moving mad. Like, um, for Arsenal, though, it's fantastic, though. Like, we've only got one co- player out of contract last season, apparently, excluding, like, probably, like, under 16s and them things, which is Matt Macy, who's. You know, them youngsters that just, that mm. that's, you just turned 25. Like, you know, you need to, you need to elevate yourself, get out of the situation, mm. but he's still here. So, shout out to Matt Macy. Um, so yeah, that's Mkhitaryan and we, we, we dipped and delved a bit, but um, we've got a bit of things to say. What's your, um, Spurs versus Palace at the weekend, man. Obviously, similar to us, you lot got a bounce back. There's no ramping. It's like we dropped points against, we drew against you lot. I felt we should have won. You'll say you should have won. We lost to Liverpool. You lost the week before you played us and drew. Palace, London Derby, Zaha, playing at home, bounce back season. Haven't necessarily been worse this season, but haven't necessarily been amazing this season. What are you saying as a Spurs fan? Spurs right now, anything's possible. <laughs> anything literally possible. Like you can, you can go there and smash them four 0 No, no, they're coming to you, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm saying we can go into the game and smash them four nil, mm. or they can come. They, yeah, or they can, they can do like what we did at United. Just, just that's what I'm hoping. Game, Hudson's you know, got the tactics. Like what Newcastle did to us, really. That's what they're going to. That's what mm. everyone's going to try and copy. Try and do nothing. Try and do Newcastle. We want to win at the new stadium. Come, come here with all this. Wait, wait, what's 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 you lost injury status? Because I know Lacelso's out to October. Mm. When Dombile didn't play against us. Hopefully um, he's back. Hopefully Ali can get some game time. Yeah, Ali's had a rotten time. He should, but he's he came on against us though. He didn't. Mm. Did he get called up by England? He never did he. No, he didn't get called Because it wouldn't make sense, yeah, yeah. So he must have just been training in the week. I don't know if... No, he'd probably start. He can grab a start against Palace, surely. It's like us with holding. I'm back holding start against Watford, but nothing happened. That'd be nice, actually, see Ali start a game. Um, Walker-Peters is out as well, I think. Probably still. Back team again. Like, what sort of injury? Like, I know he's injured, but what happened to him? I'm not sure. Them ones there, innit? Like, for us... He came off for one game. I don't know what game it was. Yeah, he came off. It was again. They weren't against us because he never played. The game before us. Could have been Newcastle. Probably was Newcastle. It's like, for injuries for us, apparently Bellerin and and Turney back in the end of the month. Well, targeting September, United on 30th. Holding's back. I don't know if he'll play against Watford. For us against Watford, we just need to... I'm I'm not going to lie, bro. Watford's a funny one for us because if I look at it, we should win that. We should. Yeah, but they got new manager. They're fired. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. People that's are the, playing for shirts, and that's that. why they did it. I think that's why they sacked the manager because they would have not got any any 
I, I was speaking to a Hawthorne fan and he yeah. was saying that like he predicted his first games was going to get one point from their first seven games. Yeah. And so far... Yeah, yeah, he's pretty accurate, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's pretty accurate, but he knows. That's one guy that knows his club. Like you said, yeah, from an Arsenal perspective, they've got a new manager, they've had a poor start to the season, not kept a clean sheet, which as an Arsenal fan, I'm buzzing because we've only got one clean sheet this season. they got none. So we should be we should be winning this game. I feel... I feel it's harsh on Javi Garcia to get sacked though, I'm not even going to lie because obviously at the end of the day it's a results game but I feel people don't give, you can't rest on your laurels but he got them what, 10th, 11th last yeah, season, Cup FA Cup well. final, City is City, yeah. everyone gets smoked in that, so he got done dirty. Yeah, yeah but the Premier League's fickle now, it's fickle, four isn't games it? to the season, you're bottom, you like, you need you, People are looking at <laughs> yeah, yeah. you, bought, you bought, you bought Ismail Asar and that, you bought some yeah. boilers and that. It didn't really strengthen, Craig Dawson wasn't really strengthened. <laughs> <laughs> If they didn't get Danny Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been a tick. Welbeck not firing not yet. Right, so yeah, Welbeck, Welbeck and firing. Out. Like, they, they got, they got injured. Yeah, he's injured at the moment. Mad thing. Mad thing. But for me, from an Arsenal perspective, away from that, like that, that's the scary thing. I'd say for us, we've got. A, I got when I look at um, Watford, I look at their fullbacks. People, I look at Holibas and Yanmat. Arsenal have a problem defending crosses. If I look at Andre Gray, he's not prolific, but he'll work the channels. We've really got to follow runners. You, you really realise when we no, talk... No, 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 realistically, you, you smash them. No, we have to, but you're forgetting we won last season. It wasn't the best of games there where we won. Um, I think Foster made some mistake or sat in for a Bamian to score. And the year before that, we lost at Watford. Like, Watford, Watford away is a tricky one for us. I'm, I'm not going to sit and say I'm confident. I'm confident because we should be winning, but it's like, it's one of them. No, I am confident, but it's like, you know, it's one of them. It could be, we could be sitting there doing post-match analysis and thinking, yo, what happened here? So, mm-hmm. we should have confidence again. Every reason to be confident and smash them. And I want to go there, first five minutes, just shut their fans up. Just, just turn up on their fans. But you never know, people are playing for shirts. Man, that... We're not going to play under the... Man that, apologies, people. Man that were playing under the last manager might not be playing. Guys that never got a looking might get a look in, so they're playing. Um, who knows, man? Um, so, yeah, hopefully we do our thing. Um, what was I going to say? Marcus Rashford. Now, Southgate said something um, about how he sees him more as a winger. He's not sure he's most confident as a number nine. He wasn't necessarily played as an academy player in United. Exclusively as a nine. What would you? What's your feelings on Rashford? How would you sum up the last couple of years you've seen Rashford? Your opinion For on me, Rashford, Rashford and the, the future of him? Rashford needs to improve. All he needs to do is just watch as many Sterling videos as possible. <laughs> I knew he was gonna come and sell. Copy whatever Sterling has done. <laughs> <laughs> the movement, anticipation. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's what he needs to improve on. He needs to. He's clearly not a clinical out and out centre forward. He's, mm. he's not that guy. He's not. He hasn't uh, developed it yet, or hasn't shown hasn't shown the hunger for nah, it. Yet, has he? he hasn't. He hasn't. It's not like he doesn't play like he wants to be up front. He's like he's, he's still twenty. It. He's still twenty one. For me, my problem with Rashford is he's a bit like you remember Turlin's twenty five, and for the last three years he's been prolific. But mm. I feel you've got a, even Sanjo will learn it and Salah had to learn it. There's being flashing. There's being effective. I'm not saying Rashford does 120 skills, but he drops deep. He works the channels. That's good. And you still you you have balance and keep that in your game. But you're not in areas where you're going to score goals. Like yeah. I can use Aubameyang as an example. Obviously Aubameyang is different because he had to do a job for the team against Spurs and he did it quite well dropping deep and stuff but that's not he wasn't in areas to score or harm Spurs the one time he was he scored So I f- and even if you remember Louis van Gaal days when he scored I remember the post-match analysis when Rashford scored two against us when they smoked us a certain mm-hmm. Koscielny was playing shout out to Koscielny you traitor bust out um Mm-hmm. He was saying how he's working with, with Rashford Telling him he needs to stay in the six yard area And he really needs to incorporate that Because I think that's what I need I think someone's got to work with Rashford personally As to how you be more effective on the football no, pitch Yeah, he needs to learn how to Not 
He doesn't have to be a winger, but he needs to be able to be able to score. Just getting in positions. No, no, score goals from wide positions, like Salah, like Mane, like, like Affecting Sterling. areas, yeah, yeah just yeah. come aside and... He doesn't have to, like, be stick on his touchline at, like, the old, like, wings that we grew up Because that's dead, yeah, yeah, because that's dead. come inside and do, do stuff, but he could play a centre-forward role and be effective, but he needs to be... Just, just, just get in the decisive yeah. areas, man. Because our, our people were saying Rashford and Mbappe level and that, and Mbappe has his own critics. We could talk about him as great as he is, and as you lot, you know me, I'm yeah, like he's yeah. my favorite guy and that. Um, but he just hasn't shown it for me, man. I can't lie, he's he's irrelevant to this, but it's completely different. But I need to see 15, 20 goals from Gabezus purely because I'm always sitting there defending him. <laughs> you keep saying it, yeah. No, I keep saying it to you, bro. Like, because I always back him and defend him, but. If you as English, my man might be looking at you a bit sideways and you've got the ability. Obviously, his situation is gazy because of Sergio and just how Pep rolls with the team. But I need to be seeing something. Gabbers is still scoring important goals. Yeah, no, 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 he does that. But I need to be seeing 15, 20 goals. But you know me, it's completely different. But I asked this to Lacazette. I need to be seeing 20 league goals. Like, mm. and you can be, you know, you know me as well. I'm a big fan of Firmino and he doesn't necessarily play in them positions. But you need to be getting 20 goals. Like, these guys are good enough to get in them areas where they can affect the team and whatnot um, mm. and things like that, man. That's true. I, I see that. I I've always said about Firmino. I think Firmino needs to score more. But I've seen the angle that why they play him now because he is like a, just a false nine, really. False nine, drops false deep, nine, like, starts yeah. play, Brazilian and that. He doesn't, he doesn't mind to see Salah and Mane going into his positions and stuff like that. That's, yeah. that's, what, that's what feels good. Right, who would you say be the next manager to get sacked in pro? They were talking about this today at work. <laughs> and they're saying... Solskjaer, boy, he's won three games. <laughs> Yeah, he started quite well this this I'd say Walker. 
Left back, what? Just give, who would you say left back? <laughs> no, Robertson got ribbed a few times. Yeah, he gets chest out. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. Kieran Turner, even though he ain't played. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be biased and say Rose, but yeah. Do you know what? Rose, nah, Rose been calm. Like, I can't really think of another one, so I'll give you Rose. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's come well considering he's about to walk, go to Watford. Mm. Come to the team and played well. Centre halves. I feel there's been a couple men in what we call the other Premier League, like the promoted teams that have played alright. Oh, do you know what? Pookie, Pookie is Pookie up front. Yeah, yeah, Pookie. Pookie man. up front. What? Pookie and Abamian. That's <laughs> calm. Abamian is going goals. Pookie Abamian. Like, oh, wait, we said Richarlison. Yeah, Peaky, you're my guy, but Ben. Why is Bamian though? What was it? I mean, he scored enough goals in the Arsenal what, bias. What, 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 no, <laughs> that's not. That's not. Actually, I'll give you Caballos holding midfield. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, that's cool, cool. What, Joe Willock pivoted? <laughs> <laughs> Prior to the injury, nah, Joe Willock nah, hard nah. still. What, <laughs> Mendoza? Nah, I'm just man. trying to plug their Arsenal, man. But, I'm not even sure, you know. Caballos? I'll go Pogba because Pogba done some nice, nah, nice passes there. Nah, I'll go Pogba, nah, yeah. Nah, it'd have Pogba. to be. Uh, you know what? Do you know he. No, 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 no. Even though he, does, he hasn't been playing there. Mason Mount has a stronger case than Pogba start getting in this so far. Are you silly? Come on, man. No, 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 Come no. on, bro. Come on, no, bro. No, no, Pogba's no. not been playing hard, bro. Mason Mount's been in workhorse goals, bro. Yeah, but what's Pogba been doing? Like, Pogba's, no, 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 no. Pogba, Pogba don't care no Fly more. Five passes, assists. <laughs> yeah, but that is Pogba, but Pogba don't give a crap about United. Pogba's never there. Yeah, if Pogba's there, Joe Willett there, 100%. No way. Joe Willett be better than him. No, Joe Willett. <laughs> Joe Willett again, you'll be filled. No, he's not better than Skip, man. Come Mate, Joe Willett better Skip, no, winks. Like, no. <laughs> Gwendozi shits on all of them. Part of my language. Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Forgot the camera was rolling. <laughs> I can't lie, boy. I can't lie. We've had more players in form than... More players getting our team, in your team, than ours right now, boy. Gwendozi gets in your midfield. Shout out to... It'll be end on belay, Gwendozi. So, by us. What are you saying? Gwendozi's <laughs> dead. Why do you not rate him? He's not dead, mate. No, one assist this year against Spurs. That's, that's all you're going to get. Winks can't do that. Winks is a fed, bro. Winks plays football like a fed. No, Gwendozi, shout out to him, Sobios, he's only here for a year, rejected you, man. Nicholas Pepe, you're gonna see what he's on. Nah, you're acting. Hey, big flop, boy. Huh? Big flop. That's the, you lot were scared of him, boy. How yeah, that's scared. acting, that's strong stuff. Was, was, you were stressed, boy. I already told you this before he came, Pepe would not do well this season. Nah, he will. That's acting. He played well, but. Bemi Turner, he scores, he scores 10 goals. Alright, <laughs> he'll get more goals than all your wingers. Nah, they get more goals. Ah, I was gonna say more goals than Son, but I don't know. <laughs> Son's a beauty, man. They get more goals than Mora. That's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. No, Son's live. No. Mora's dead. You can't talk. Pepe gets to your team. Obama and Lacazette get in your team. No, Four, three, three. Mora's weird. Mora, Mora will play. Goals in that. He'll, he'll play well for like maybe 20, 30 minutes in the game. He'll switch on. The rest like, of the game is asleep. His career has been nothing but stress, boy. Because I remember <laughs> when he used to have a hairline, but he's he's done out here, bro. Ah, oh, them videos, them videos. Remember them YouTube, yeah, yeah. them YouTube videos that he was gonna be like, he could be with Neymar and that. He used to look hard for Sao. What was it, Sao Paulo? Jumping past everyone. Them Ganso days. Yeah, them Ganso, Ganso, wait, it's Ganso, boy. Do you remember Lucas Silva at, at Real Madrid? Lucas Silva. A man doesn't remember. Brazilian midfielder. There's been loads, man. He's had injuries. He's been out. Apparently, they terminated his contract or something like that as well, boy. But there's been loads. Yeah, man, there's not, like, let's wrap it up, man. I forgot the camera's rolling, man. So, yeah, people, thank you for listening to this segment. Obviously, we've been here longer. Shout out to my guy, D, for coming in and doing this. And, 
Yeah, you lot know I'll get more of my boys and whatnot when I'm with them to... Well, I'm just recording the conversations we're having. That it makes me sound like a fed, but it's what it is. <laughs> Sounds a bit murky, but on that note, people deluded, make sure you check out my YouTube content. Make sure you follow all my socials. The link, as usual, for everything is in the description. Good, good, goodbye, and God bless. I'm out.